Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 54th episode. This month, I'm again joined by Ian, who is our South of England trainer. So welcome, Ian, to this month's podcast. Hi, John. Have you been up to much over the last month? Are we still on with the wood turning, Ian? Lots of wood turning going on, John. Um, new, new sort of like uh, present ideas. It's fantastic. Um, you know, for a few, a few quid of wood and lots of frustration. Uh, yeah, lots of that. Being down to the New Forest uh, for a week and did some nice walks down in the New Forest, and uh, yeah, just enjoyed a bit of the nice weather as well. Although it's been cold, it's been. Rather lovely, hasn't it? So, and I believe you've actually yeah. started your preparation ahead of your first course. So uh, this yes, month in yes. in, uh, in May, you've got oh, your no. first course. So <laughs> it's a it's a rare yes. occasion as back delivering course Ian, but good times ahead. Well, as yeah, as I can say, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I I sort of like updating all our all the PowerPoint slides to the year twenty twenty one for the copyright bit at the bottom. I think because I normally do that in sort of December, and I thought in December this year or last year, well, there's no there's no point worrying about it for January, that's for sure. But it's been done, John. It's been done. They're Very all ready. Already. Our PowerPoints are ready. Ready for action. Yes. I must quickly say at this point as well, many thanks for all your feedback from everybody who's listened to the Mid-Month podcast, which was number 53, with Chris the Coast Walker. Um, I had some really good feedback from it. I know we did a, I did a YouTube film of it as well as a podcast. I know a number of you have listened to it on various platforms. It is fairly lengthy. I think it's about an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. But a few people have said how much they've enjoyed it. Um, so I must uh, thank you for that. And uh, I saw I saw Chris today was live on Facebook in some snow in Wales, Ian. So um, it's, uh, wow. it's it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> We're going backwards into winter, John. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and I know um, I've actually spoken to a a customer local to where we are actually who has actually been in liaising with Chris. Um, and I was actually uh, going to put him up for uh, a night when he passes through his region. So I must say oh, thank you so much to all the listeners for yeah. supporting Chris, yeah. not only morally and morally in, 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 in mind, but also physically helping um, um, keep him going because he's raising great money for a fantastic charity. So thanks everybody who listens and is supporting Chris the Coast Walker. If you've not listened to the last podcast, please do have a look, uh, listen to the 53rd podcast and you'll hear my interview with Chris the Coast Walker. In this month's podcast, we're going to look at a real shift that Garmin are having towards the Garmin GPS Map 66 range. This is a range of GPS units that Garmin have really changed and evolved very much in, into in the last year or two. And then we're going to ask Ian, we're going to have a special mid-month podcast this month. Uh, which is going to be asking Ian some technical questions. We're going to discuss that and how you can get yes. your um, your questions to Ian for that. <laughs> We're then going to look at the best budget GPS unit. There's been a new changes on the marketplace. Some units have been discontinued. So we're going to discuss the best budget GPS units. And then we've got Ian's FAQs, the frequently asked questions. Ian gets asked while supporting our customer. The first thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is a look at the real change and shift regarding GPS units, with the Garmin GPS map range really coming to the fore. If people don't know, and I hope I'm not confused people to start off with, is traditionally we had three ranges of GPS units from Garmin. We had the Etrex range, which is Etrex touch range, and also the Button GPS unit, the Oregon range, and then up to a, a couple of years ago, three years ago, Ian, I would say, we just had one GPS map GPS unit, which was GPS map 60, 62, 64. We did. And that was where it was. And that was kind of, I would say, 10%, 15% of the marketplace, if that really... Well, yeah. I mean, we we had... Um, also, don't forget the other cracking ranges that Garmin had, like the Dakota. The Do you Dakota, the Dakota? The Dakota. Yeah. Wow. Was a good and GPS that was, unit. that was, and and their biggest failure in the world, the Colorado. Do you remember the Colorado? We take them as trading Colorado. How a failure! I think it was a cracking GPS unit. You know, oh, they, it was, but it just didn't take on though for some reason, did it? No, I think no. they got it from the iPod Touch with the little rocker, but they didn't work quite as sophisticated yeah. as Apple didn't, didn't, at the didn't, time. <laughs> didn't, didn't quite work, did it? Um, yeah, but yeah, but now I was going to say, I mean, for 
well, I think for a long time, John, it has literally been um, that very small percentage of the marketplace, really, hasn't it? The Map 60 series. Yeah, and also I didn't mention the Montana range. The Montana is one I've, yeah. I've missed out there, which was the larger screen GPS unit for Garmin. But really, the in the past, the GPS map range, which is, let's say, 64, before we kind of, let's, let's stick around that page, 64S, was really aimed at the... Um, the hardcore walker, the mountaineer, the one who, the person who needed buttons, and most GPS units were sold with touchscreen GPS units. But what we've really seen over the last um, two years is a real shift. So now we have a Garmin GPS map 65, 65S, 66S, and 66SR, and that's taking up, I'm going to say, 50% of the marketplace now. Um, mm. Where before the Oregon and and was fifty percent of the marketplace. So oh, it was just all Oregon's, wasn't it? A few years ago, it was. That's what it was. So, yeah. Ian, why have we shifted away from touchscreen GPS units into button GPS units? Do you think? Difficult one, John. I mean, as you know, I've had my first one was a Map sixty, the color screen Map sixty, and it's brilliant. I loved it, and. I, I don't know whether it's the fact that people see they uh, that there are problems. I think I think the Achilles heel with the touchscreens is is that so when we talk about the early Oregons and the early Dakotas and the Dakotas, you couldn't read them in the sunlight and 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 the touchscreen wasn't very good. It was a bit one of those old bouncy sort of touchscreens, and then Garmin, you know, they brought in the six hundred range wasn't it when they made the screens really you know they they improved the screens for sunlight improved the touch but i think they're just too sensitive mm -hmm. i just think that um that I, I don't know because i think that they would do it they they were doing that to work alongside people using smartphones weren't weren't they uh definitely and and even at that stage when the oregon 700 came out the map 60 range so it would have been the 64 was still you get the odd person come on a course but it was all touch screens mm -hmm. all the time um and to be honest, that was one of the things we, we used to say to me oh you're used to using a touch screen because people were used to using a touch screen and therefore yeah. they naturally want a yeah. gps with a touch screen um my other thought is is it because we're all walking more do you know most of us now are four season walkers there's um do you know and therefore, a button GPS unit we use with our gloves on, where we will struggle a little bit more with a touchscreen unit with our gloves on. Is it because we you know traditionally people would walk from spring to autumn, but now it's a 12 months of the year hobby for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think one of the I think one of the best things, one of the best improvements in the new in the 66 range um, is how Garmin have changed the shape of them. Mm -hmm. So they are much better, you know, I know this is this is really sad, this, isn't it? But they are easier to hold. It's, I, I, I don't know what they've done, I don't know what it is, but it's just the design of the GPS compared to the other 60s, compared to the touchscreens. I think they're such an easy um, GPS, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna hold a GPS, I think they're by far the easiest out of all the GPSs to hold. Um, and maybe that's the elephant in the room that we're not mentioning is now the 66 range has the same size screen than the Oregon where previously the yeah. 64 had a smaller screen and therefore yeah. always was maybe the poorer brother or sister because it had a smaller screen. Now the 66 came out with the same size screen and now 66SR, people are going, well, actually, it's either button or touchscreen. The screen size is the same where before I was having to offset. If I wanted buttons, I had that smaller screen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there was that, wasn't there? I guess um, Oregon's had more features, uh, whereas the sixty fours didn't. But now the sixty six series has more than the Oregon, mm -hmm. um, and I suppose there's that, isn't there? The fact now that you know why are people probably buying more of the sixty six series, it's because the the Oregon in technology terms is it's older technology, um, and compared to the 66 series you, you know you, you and i think and i know we've discussed this before in previous podcasts um it like the garmin explore app i know it's not the best app in the world 
um, or and it's not particularly easy to use, but it is there. You can still transfer your routes from whatever, you know, smartphones, GPX files off your smartphones via the Garmin Explorer app to your 66 series or the Montana 700 series, but you can't do that to the Oregon 700. And that, I think people are, are wanting to become more mobile and they're not, you know, who, um, please don't tell me that you do, John, but who takes a laptop away on holiday with them? In fact, I know you do because, uh, because you've got a business to run. But the thing is though, that, you know, you can literally do everything um, through the Garmin Explore app whilst you're away on holiday, uh, off your iPad, your, your tablet, your, you know, Android or iPhone, um, whereas you can't with, with the Oregon. So is it these additional features now that people are wanting mm -hmm. that, but you'd have thought that because the Oregon has got everything bar the bit for Garmin Explore, you know, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and all the rest of that you have on the C6 series, but Garmin haven't done anything to so include it in it. Let me throw this into the debate then. Has the decline in the Oregon come from the immense growth that we've seen in the Montana 700 series? So the Montana 700, the large screen GPS unit from Garmin, which is traditionally Montana 600, 610, was again, even more of a minority product. Now it's mm, mainstream. Yeah. So if people are wanting touchscreen, they're gonna to go, actually, I want a large touchscreen, which is now the Montana 700. And and, yeah. and and maybe the, I don't know, maybe we're the wrong debate here. Maybe we can, we, we've missed out the, the elephants in the room, which is the Montana 700 series, which is, is totally taking the world by storm, hasn't it? But then it's the size again, if you're a walker, isn't it? That is the, um, I mean, I know you customers have come up with various sort of like um, uh, carrying solutions. The most popular um, <laughs> accessory from GPS training is the carry case. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm uh, sure it is. It flies off the shelves, it does. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. the but the problem with, with it for a walker is, okay, so you've got a carry case, but you don't have that best product that they came out with a few gone came out with quite a few years ago now the backpack yeah. tether there is no way and it's and, too big know, to having a backpack a, tether it's too big well, to it is, isn't it? yeah isn't it it's far too big isn't it and you see i think that's the problem if if you're a cyclist motorcyclist um that those sort of activity people absolutely fine not a problem mm -hmm. but when you're when you're walking um i mean i i, I think it's a fantastic gps but would I have one to walk with? No, it's just too big. Um, well, I've gone over to that sex. I, I absolutely I, love the Montana. I think it's. The, I'm I sticking, it's John. GPS, John, yeah. my 66 SR is by far the best. Mm -hmm. I think. So it's funny you say this because <laughs> since I've been doing this walk and talk series of people who watch on this YouTube, I pick up a different GPS unit. And I'll be honest with you, when I did my last walk and talk, which was on an Oregon. I had spent the day before with a customer doing a one-to-one -one with a Montana 700. And I, I, I spent all day with him, fantastic individual. And I really enjoyed the day, training how to use Montana 700. And then literally finished at no, 5 o'clock, 8.30 the next morning. I'm in the car park doing a walk and talk and picked up this Oregon. I went, so small. I can't, like, I, after yeah. spending yeah. eight hours with a Montana, I picked this yeah. up where, oh, my word. Oh, this looks so old-fashioned uh, or like small screens and this kind of thing but actually after an hour or two with it i went actually i love the oregon i fell back in love with it i went i really like it because i'm using the navigator it's compact with my backpack tether etc so it's funny when you kind of immerse yourself into using a unit and i say i've done this with you know the satmap active 20 on a walking mm. tour yeah. you suddenly go i really like this bout and then you kind of it's it's you spend a day with it and a little bit more and then you kind of move on to the next one and it, it's really quite interesting to see how you're how you've used it because the initial impression of the Oregon was like, oh my word, this is small. But at the end of it, I thought, mm. I'm glad I had this rather than a big Montana for the day in the chief yeah. so, um, yeah. Where the day yeah. before, I loved the Montana to bits, you know, doing the training course with it, and 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 the Oregon would have looked you no know, out of place. Um, mm. So I suppose mm. it's, we all get used to what we've got, and um, and and they have their pros and cons, don't they? Really. But but the thing is, though, John, you just can't shove a Montana in in your pocket. You can't. We can put it on your belt, on your rucksack belt strap, though, Ian. That's what you do. Yeah, but you know, that's if you, if if you're just out for yeah. doing whatever, you can't just shove it in a pocket, can mm -hmm. can you? That's the, that's that's the thing. Um, 
whereas the smaller GPSs you can. But yeah, it, it's a it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no doubt there's been a big increase uh, in people buying button GPS units from Garmin. A massive increase of GPS map sixty five to a lesser extent sixty six S's, sixty six SRs. Massive, massive swing. I, I, I say that's why I brought it on the podcast. It is a, it's, it's unbelievable, really, to see how, how much people have swung over to a button GPS, including myself. I'll be honest. I use a button GPS unit where four years ago I was an Oregon user. You know, I kind of I use a six six I now myself. Um, so I, I'm the one who I'm one of those people who've moved over. Well, I knew I knew you'd be converted eventually, John. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean it's a bit 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 like my my um, this first course I've got in. Uh, towards the end of May on the South Downs. Um, my list of people, I'm just looking at it now because it's on the table. So I've got three 66s on the course and two touchscreens. Right. Mm-hmm. The, um, and out of, you know, as you say, normally it would be four touchscreens and one 66 mm-hmm. or some, something like, you know, 60 series um, GPS. And, and yet now it's all... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting one, it? one, isn't it? It's interesting to see. And also, Garmin's efforts have gone into the buttons unit. Garmin's, uh, that's the way they're pushing it. My other thought is, yeah. are they doing this to make themselves different from the mobile phone market? Actually, are they saying a touchscreen unit is less hardcore? If you want a proper navigation device, they have buttons on it to to separate themselves away from the person who says, actually, I use my I, my iPhone now to navigate with. We're not going into the debate whether that's right or wrong, but are they trying to say, if you want an outdoor GPS unit, it's going to have buttons on it, and therefore that makes you different from the Android and the Samsung or the iPhones or whatever people are potentially using? But then I think that's a bad mistake because so many people now have smartphones mm-hmm. that, um, you know... Uh, a touchscreen GPS, I think, is still going to be more accessible. Yeah. People are going to be far more familiar with those because of their smartphones. And, you know, if, if you think about it, if, if you're cycling, say, what's easier to use, a touchscreen or buttons? Touchscreen mm-hmm. by a country yeah. mile, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Of course, the other question is, we say the 66SR, I think, is the best one, but... <laughs> when are you going to get your next delivery of them, John? <laughs> well, Ian, I got a delivery today of them actually, so I got. Oh, did some, you? I did get some in today. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Um, when the podcast Fantastic. goes live, and I'm not actually showing live on the website because we've sold so many, we've actually only got enough for the people who've already pre-bought them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I've got more ordered, so fingers crossed we get them in the next week or ten days. Um, I won't tell you how many people, I will tell you, I think we've got about 60, 65 people on waiting lists for them. Wow. Um, so the people who have pre-bought them, uh, who have committed, uh, I think we've got those, those have come in. Yeah. They're being actually set up as we speak and going out tomorrow, which if people don't know, it's the Thursday before the bank holiday weekend. Um, they'll be going out for a Friday delivery. Um, and uh, yeah, and if you've not, you you won't be notified we've got any left because we've not actually got any because we've sold as many as we had uh, already sold. I- so. I reckon it, they were stuck on that ship in the Suez Canal, weren't they? That's where I reckon they were. You know what? You, you could work for Garmin with excuses like that, Ian, you know? <laughs> so, I hope you're very Moving on before we slander Garden anymore. I hope you very much had a quick discuss. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, if you've got any thoughts, do let us know about why you think there's been more that ship towards the Garmin GPS map series which is the button gps unit if you want to find out more about our thoughts about the best budget top end and large screen gps units please go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on the reviews and then the top article is best handheld outdoor gps unit the next thing on this month's gps train podcast is our proposed mid-month podcast which is going to be in the middle of may which is going to be ask ian so, um, in two weeks' time, Ian, we're going to have this special podcast, a mid-month podcast, which is going to be Ask Ian. Now, normally, you only get to ask Ian questions if you pay for a support package with us, or alternatively, you bought a GPS unit and you get the free year support from us. So, I know people email me, well, can you tell me X, Y, Z? Well, not really, because you're not paid for your support package. But, if you email your questions, um, 
we'll ask Ian, and Ian can answer those for you. So uh, these are going to be GPS questions, hopefully. You know, there's not be anything too private. GPS questions, please. GPS questions. So again, anything, any, if you've got a GPS unit, you've got technical questions on it, or um, even what you think of it, or, or anything, anything. You can ask Ian anything about, yeah. Garmin, <laughs> Satmap, Basecamp, Expedition Two, um, um, anything that relates to outdoor GPS units. Have you got any? Have you had any thoughts on what what the key subjects will be or not? Or uh, I I <laughs> excited to see what the questions are going to be, John. <laughs> yeah. So if you got any any questions, email them through to yeah. ourselves. We'll I'll put them in front of you, and you can have a bit of prep time. So we won't just throw them at him. So again, if you if, if the the podcast is going to be, we'll record it the middle of the month, or maybe a couple of days before the middle of the month. So when this podcast is launched, which is going to be the first of May, give yourself seven, ten days maximum, really, to get those to us. If you are listening to this podcast, which is uh, the May podcast, um, by the end of May, you've missed it, or by the second week in May. So if you listen to the first this podcast, the first seven to ten days, if you've got any questions um, that you would like Ian to answer about your GPS unit um, or route planning software or anything like that, please just email ourselves at office at gpstraining.co.uk and that's office at gpstraining.co.uk and make sure you put in the title podcast tech question. So the, the title needs to be podcast tech question. Um, otherwise, you'll just confuse us and then you'll get an email back saying, thank you very much for your technical question, but it's please that you don't have a support package with ourselves uh, and, and um, you'll just end up falling out with us. <laughs> or being charged to ask or the question. Or being charged to answer the question. So if you send the office at gpstraining.co.uk, title of the message need to be podcast tech question, and then I'll assign those. Um, um, I'll I'll collate those, Ian. I'll pass them over to you, and you can um, you can work your way through them. Get some and, homework to do, John. And get some homework to do, and you can um, yeah, you can you can show your knowledge to the world on the podcast. <laughs> um, again, thinking out loud is here. We maybe could record it as well. Um, so if you did want to do. Uh, and, and there's a YouTube film. So if you did want to share base camp or expedition to show people what, what, what they're struggling with, uh, that might be an option that we could potentially do as well. Don't worry, I'll talk you through it. Sounds exciting, John. I'm just yeah. thinking, I'm just thinking if people come with base camp questions, expedition say, why is it X, Y, and Z? It's quite hard to you to verbally tell them it, what you need to it do. It is, isn't it? So if we could share a screen on a computer. Um, we could potentially work through it. We'll, we'll, we'll have to think through this a little bit more. But I, <laughs> The only thing, John, I don't have a backdrop like like you you do. Oh no, we just my... look at your screen. No. We just look at your screen. Good. We just share your Good. computer screen, so don't worry about that. Um... Don't want anyone to see the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Where I've been stuck for the last year. <laughs> uh, oh, the wife's not back in London yet, Ian. Is she not? Get, get, get the uh, no, train pass no, out. No, no, she she was going to go yesterday, and then she decided that she couldn't go. And um, but it's getting closer john That's it's good. getting closer it's all getting good so to quickly yes. summarize if you have a question for the mid-month podcast if you're hearing between really the first and the 10th of uh, may please just email your question office at gpstrain.co.uk and put in the title podcast tech question and we will put that in front of you for our mid-month podcast and you will hear that coming out around the 15th 16th again we'll have to maybe a little bit later um, but we'll get that in as a mid-month podcast Next thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is a look at the best budget GPS unit. I've done this in the podcast because we've just literally just updated um, one of the videos in where we do the reviews of the best outdoor GPS units. The reason for that is in the last couple of weeks, Garmin have dropped, dropped, is that too strong a term? I think or, or discontinued. Discontinued, discontinued John, is a better word. Is the yes. E-Trex Touch 25T. And also the GPS map 64SX. Um, so in the past, we had that in a bundle of GPS units. Um, so we're really left with, in the best budget GPS unit, we're left with the E-Trex 22X, 32X, and still the E-Trex Touch 35T. And then we've got the Garmin GPS map 65 and 65S. Um, I'm just going to quickly th discuss how they rank 
um, with it. I'm going to tell you a little nice little story here even before we do it. So I, oh. I, I came in on Saturday and, and redid these videos uh, because we've lost the 64SX and the 25T yes. and the, we were yeah. mentioning it. I uploaded them onto YouTube and uh, you always have the haters on YouTube, you know, and somebody like, how come you've not recommended the GPS map 64SX because that's by far a cheaper and better GPS unit than what you're discussing. So I emailed back and said, well, actually, I've just updated it because Garmin have discontinued that product they have. So I kind of, uh, I thought, there you are. I came in on a Saturday to try and help people out and I had something riling at me, you know, because... Uh, Mining. And I said, actually, I'm trying to be, trying to keep up to speed with things. Normally people moan yes. because actually, I can't yeah. find that anywhere. Yes. It's been discontinued months ago. Yeah. You know what you're talking yes. about. So I did, uh, I did chuckle a bit. He, he, yeah, he didn't, he, I, I replied back to him in a nice, polite manner. As you'd expect, nothing less. And uh, he's, he's not come back to me at this point of time. So uh, <laughs> it was really funny that sixty-four SX scene, wasn't it? Because it kind of we had the six. It, it kind of came out and it never because it used to be a sixty-four S. We had a sixty-four SX. Well, yeah. But then sixty-four yeah. S was discontinued. We had a sixty-four SX for a couple of years, and then it kind of never really did anything, and then fizzled away well, again, no. didn't it? So no, no. I was just, yeah, as I said. <clears throat> Well, I think we were just discussing that, you know, since all these sort of like the budget 66 series, 60 series GPSs came out, I don't think I've, I don't think I've dealt with one sort of query from anyone really. With because, the 65 um, or the 64. With, with the 65 or the 64 SX, because I just don't think it seems that not people were, were you know, people just weren't buying them. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's a funny yeah, one, really. It's, it's a hard one because if, if I yeah. said to you, right, okay, this is the debate I had: is these are the units in Etrex twenty two X thirty two X Etrex thirty five GPS map sixty five or sixty five S? Which of those GPS units would you use out of all those <laughs> units? I think, and I know I said this to you before, John. I think the Etrex thirty two X has got a right. cracking little screen. Quality, the quality of it. I think is great and they are because I, I know we we do have quite a lot of you know not a lot quite a few queries um and it's people it's i'm sure we said this before it's customers who just want to know where they are they don't want all the bells they don't want the whistles they just want a good reliable clear gps and and i think it's that Ian, you, you, you are telling me my sales because actually that is exactly the most popular GPS unit that you buy a long way, a long way. I would say 50%, I'm going to say even 60% of sales out of those five GPS units are 32Xs. So you're, you're dead right. You're 100% right on yeah. what people are perceiving. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong because that's on the fence at everything. The 32X is, is the best in that range. But actually tell me then when it was an Etrex 30X, why was it less popular? Because because when it was a thirty X, we sold. <laughs> well, we are, yeah. Uh, well, but yeah. why is it suddenly become to the four? And and my other question to you is: Would you rather have a a thirty two X rather than a GPS map sixty five S as a previous sixty four S user? And I, I must throw that into as as, as my uh, debate here to question. Which and, a, and a six and a sixty and a sixty-two. I, mean, I never owned a sixty-four, John. Oh, a sixty-two, right? So okay, but the, the case of the sixty-five S is the same. You're dead right. We're selling yeah. very few of them. But my question is, why? When, for me, is a sixty as a previous sixty-two S user, the sixty-four, six sorry, the sixty-five S, is is the same size, good on battery yeah. life, multi-band. Yeah works off a yeah. five satellite system multiband has european yeah. mapping on there um why why is it not selling more than a 32x because if people want a really decent color screen gps with with what it says it does on the tin and that's tell you where you are with a few extra functions which the 32x has got i think that why why spend um you know uh, a a a significant amount of, mm -hmm. of money on it and you know I, I think that not to I think also and, and I see it sort of like in the emails that people send to you for sales inquiries 
there are many people who who have very tight budgets so they it, it it is i just think the 32x is just a very good quality very affordable gps and you know if 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 your budget is tight if you're if you want it for basic walking or cycling then it does it doesn't it i suppose that is it what you're saying right is therefore it's just coming a little bit cheaper and therefore the person who wants it as a backup is going to go for a button gps unit they pop in the pocket they're not going to accidentally touch the screen that's got there as a backup great battery life on it great screen resolution it's got the new screen yeah. on it um yeah. and, and it's costing um you know with no mapping you no know, 220 quid even with full gb 150k mapping you no know, is is 300 pound so it's 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 yeah, I'm not going to disagree. I mean, I suppose the, you know, the, the the only place where it falls down is the fact that, you know, but then again, you know, well, we've only had this for the last four or five years, but okay, so it won't work this turn-by-turn -turn routing in a national park. Mm -hmm. It won't work. So when you start building in a topo map card, then it's becoming quite an expensive GPS for not what Garmin say that their new map cards will do. But then bearing in mind up until, say, four years ago, we didn't have the ability for turn-by-turn -turn routing anyway. And you know and I know that turn-by-turn -turn routing doesn't work all the time, um, necessarily particularly very well. Then, um, again, you see, I think that, yeah, so it doesn't do that. But then I, I still think it's it's just a good, it's just a good little view. So... If I, if, I, if I took your GPS map 66SR from you with 1 to 25,000 mapping, so I took your Mercedes from you, yeah. Ian, and then they right, okay, I'm going to give you an option of one of these units. Right. You could you can, you can have an E-Trex 32X with 1 to 50,000 mapping for £329.90, and this is going to be your only unit. Or yeah. alternatively, yeah. you can have a GPS map 65S with 1 to 50,000 mapping for £399, so £70 more. Which one would you go for? If my if money was tight, John, the thirty two X. I I just think that because if if that's all I, you, you, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because they're very they're very popular with um, geocachers and cyclists, aren't they? The thirty two Xs. Yes. And 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 also, you see, also the other thing is is that um, I, I, I don't know about you, but um, when I go walking. I just like reading a map. Mm -hmm. It's nice to know that I've got my GPS with me. Of course it is. It's nice that, you know, when I really can't be bothered to work out, not that it's that particularly hard, um, the sort of like the best way around something. Okay, so yeah, that's when the GPS is great. But I, I just I just love walking with, with in many ways with a map. So, and, and that's what a lot of 32X owners do as well don't they 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 like the knowledge and you know at the end of the day it's yeah i, I still think it's a good look it's just a it's the screen quality mm -hmm. the screen quality on it i think is better than well i think you know the resolution is better than the map 66 series mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it has been for some time it has and that's why we sell so many of them yeah so there you are. That's, so that's, that's the answer, John. That, that's the answer. Ian's answer on his best GPS unit. <laughs> so if you want to see what my answer is, you have to go to the website. So if you want go to on. see the video review, uh, go to our website, which is, is gpstrain.co.uk. Click on product reviews at the top, and you'll see the top article with the best handheld outdoor <laughs> GPS units, spring 2021. You'll see me with those units in the cam on, under a camera uh, discussing the pros and cons of the 22X, the 32X, Touch 35, and then the 65 and the 65S. I'm not just quickly mentioned the difference between the 65 and the 65S. The 65S has the electronic compass in it, where the 65 doesn't have the electronic compass. And to be honest, we would really recommend getting the GPS electronic compass in. Um, I think you would agree, Ian, wouldn't yes. you really? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't really buy a unit without an electronic compass, especially when we're talking around the price bracket we are, because we're not, we're not really yeah. at a hundred pound. Yeah. We are at, a few hundred pounds are the next thing on this month's gps training podcast is ian's faqs the frequently asked questions ian gets asked while supporting our customers 
So we've got a Garmin, a SatMap, or a Watches FAQs this month, Ian. So starting off with Garmin, why is it when I download a long distance walk, I can see it on my on Basecamp and not on my GPS unit? Is a question you've been asked more than likely as Ebby's playing their holiday um, for 2021 um, with the hope that we come out of lockdown without any problems. Yes. So, yes. so what is the answer to why, why are they unable to see it on their GPS unit? Again? It's this limitation, isn't it, of numbers of points, um, waypoints, whether people want to call them via points, shaping points, waypoints, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Um, it's the limitation. So on a road, uh, you can have a maximum of 50 off road. 250 and on if you're mixing and matching between a bit of on road and a bit of off road it's the 50 limit and it's no nothing more than that is is it i mean and i've been asked this quite quite a few times this last month and um you, you know and and i know we've discussed it in the past as well john if you're going on a long distance walk then why would you have something as a complete route anyway you'd split it down into your day's walks mm -hmm. and then from your from whatever say you've downloaded or you planned you would then cut it down and you know really you don't need that many points um and and so you should really never be i i can't see a time when you would really ever be in that position where you are in that position that some customers are because if you're going for a five-day walk why would you why wouldn't you split it down into the days that you're actually walking your route for the days that you're walking and approximately if I, if I was planning this myself and there were no some people are not planning but if i was doing a long distance trail i was walking 15 miles a day just just a fact packet number just dragged out mm. how many waypoints would you expect me to have in a route of 15 miles in length in what would if you were planning it yourself? What would you kind of? Uh, it's no, it's never going to be a, a, a perfect number, but no. approximately how many no. would you expect me to be creating on my fifteen mile walk? Well, only from what I from what I use for my long distance walks, I would say no more than 15, 20 points. I mean that is literally all you need. I mean, probably to begin with, I will put in many more just so that I've got a decent a, a bit. A better accuracy of the distance for a, a day um, but as I say to customers as I say to courses as I, I was doing the um, SatMap webinar last week the Expedition 2 webinar by the time you've cut all the corners and you've gained a few corners and all the rest of it um, you're talking about sort of like a, a, over the course of a day probably like a kilometre difference between you know doing them every, for every single you know twist and turn of a footpath why would you do that yes i mean you've got to be careful because if you're going into you know if you're in wild country then you're going to have to have more potentially more points for a safety reason and and no one would ever dispute that but at the end of the day where do you need points somewhere around where you're going to make a decision in changing a significant course mm -hmm. i mean you don't need them dotted along a straight footpath or a footpath along by a river because say or or, or you know all these sorts of examples because you can only walk in one place can't you effectively so what i'm trying to pull out there is 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 that if you plan your walk properly 250 waypoints is a massive amount of waypoints it oh. is it is it is something that if you are planning a day walk that you've got more than 250 waypoints for you are over planning that considerably you know it's 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 as ian was just rightly saying you know, how many he answered his question how many you would have you know you don't need to be calling it create a way but every time there's a major little corner in the path because you just end up oh. over planning it and, it's gonna be and, beeping and, at you every two exactly. seconds isn't it <laughs> <laughs> driving you mad <laughs> so quick thing there so to summarize that question then is if people are downloading routes from the internet or creating them yourself we have this maximum number of waypoints on the garments ian says on road 50 waypoints this is using the turn by turn routing off road 250 points if we're using direct routing and on off road which is the turn by turn routing within national parks uh, we've got 50 points and to be honest you should never really be anywhere near that number um, you should be half even more than half um 
when we're doing that um, and that's a, the key thing there uh, when we're doing it so that's a key thing Ian's there saying Satmap Ian um, question you've been asked a little bit by Satmaps is yes so can I transfer a route to my Active20 without using my PC and the answer is yes you can it actually came up on my web webinar last week um, basically, I'm not going to go through because um, you're going to. I know you published the, call, the webinar notes, John. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you need to, within the settings of your Active 20, this only applies to the Active 20s, not the 10s or the 12s that I know some people still have. So it's only for the Active 20s. The first thing you need to do is you need to go into the setup of the, of the Active 20 and you have to activate the um, Expedition 2 within settings and then you also have to sign into your account also within the settings so the so your um, username and password that you use on the web-based um, expedition 2 you've got to put into the settings of your GPS and once you've got that when you um, look at the folders within the uh, internal storage uh, memory of the active 20 um, there is a folder as well as um, uh, the internal storage um, and and the system. There is also the an Expedition Two folder, and it's that folder where that connects over Wi-Fi to your Expedition Two account, and you can um, the term they use is fetch a route from your account and transfer it into the Active Twenty. Brilliant. So it's a really nice go. way. So with Expedition, you just save into the cloud as such, and then you fetch onto your unit when it's on the Wi-Fi, and it's, it syncs your cloud with that. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's, it's it's kind of what we expect these days, isn't it? It's a nice way of a of a sh yeah sharing things across in the cloud, Ian. If the future, if only. If only Garmin made their system yeah. <laughs> as easy as that. I know. That's why I say it's what we all expect these days, and SatMap do it. And uh, yeah, if life was simple. Yes. <laughs> but the key thing I know you've mentioned in the past is you can use Expedition 2 on your iPad. So you can plan your routes on the iPad, yeah, save absolutely. it into the cloud, yeah. and then you can just pair yeah. it. So again, absolutely, it yeah. gives you so much more flexibility, doesn't it? So uh, well, it does. Again, I go back. Who who takes laptop with them on holiday apart from you, John? No one. Um, who takes their tablet away with them? Lots of people do. It's, it's not a laptop, man. Mine's a MacBook Pro, and it's, oh, it's, it's oh, you! I'd forgotten you're a Mac user, aren't you? Yeah, Mac user. A Mac. It's no, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difference. Not a big laptop. It's a MacBook Pro. It's a, it's a cross yeah, between a, you're a, Mac a tablet, tablet, and a. Uh, John, you're a Mac user. I'm, a, I'm only a Mac user because when people come on the courses, they need to know how to use their Mac. So that's the only reason I'd be, have to be bilingual between the two things. So yes, very good. Moving swiftly on from Mac and yes. PC <laughs> debate, we should get into um, watches. So how so this is actually moving on. There's some some uniformity here. In how do I transfer GPX files to my watch? Um, yes. Uh, how do Good question. Then? It was asked by a customer this very month. Um, so you've got three three different ways, really. Uh, you can use... Um, so you can import the GPX file off the internet to your computer or your Mac. Um, and then um, you can either uh, transfer it into Basecamp if you want to tidy something up and then transfer it with your watch connected to the uh, your laptop or Mac, and um, without a USB, may add Max as well. We all go there, but anyway, <laughs> we don't have USBs Sorry? on Max. We don't have USBs on Max, so we have to have a little adapter to convert. You do, it. don't, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, not another thing simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nothing simple. Um, or you can literally, if you're confident enough. But then I would question, firstly, the. If you're not very confident, is it a wise idea? Probably no. Secondly, would you want to probably tidy a route up that someone you've downloaded off the internet? Possibly yes. So that's why you put it into Basecamp first. But you could just copy and paste the GPX file straight into the watch. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. But you know, then you haven't had an opportunity to look at it and and, and all the rest of it. So that's one way. Um, we can do it using your Garmin Connect account on the web. Um, so you can import GPX, and then when you sync your watch with your Garmin Connect uh, app on your tablet, 
or um, uh, phone or whatever you use, um, it will sync your activity that way. Um, and the other way is, um, well, I say that, 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 that it, so that's the, that's the web version, yeah. or you can do it off your tablet or phone, uh, again, using whatever website, and then again, just sync it through to your watch, um, straight off your uh, Garmin Connect. App, uh, using the app on your on your so, phone yeah. there so you can do yeah so again it yeah. you've got that bit going back to the earlier one trying to tie these things together is actually you've got a very similar way of being able to sync as we had on the satmap gps unit when you've got a watch you, yes. you can save it into the cloud which is this connect um it's everything's in the cloud and then that automatically mm. will um, pair with your yes. via your mobile phone over onto it's a slightly different way of doing it but you can do it uh, with a watch that we we're unable to do with a, a Garmin handheld GPS unit. I was going to say that the the one thing. So please, no one with a Garmin handheld contact us about this. You cannot use the Garmin Connect app for um, transferring GPX files yep. uh, if it's a handheld GPS. Very so. good, very good. And and you're rightly putting the notes in option two, which is using the web-based version of Garmin Connect account and then syncing with your watch. There's actually that's covered in the online resource, and there's quite a good section it on is Connect, isn't there? Yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Good. Any other quick FAQs in that you want to add, or anything else that you've um, you've? No, uh, I think we. I think. I mean, they they have been up, and I, I I just wonder whether it's because people are starting to get their heads around the fact they really can get out a bit more. They've you know they've all been um, sort of like I guess thinking about what can we do? How can I get my you know I I'm going away on holiday. Um, you know, where do you? I mean, I suppose the other, the the only other questions that we that I was asked again relating to all of this websites, John. You know, what are good websites? Mm -hmm. There's actually a link on the um. There's an article on our website which is GPX, uh, which we we did something in the newsletter. I don't know if I mentioned this past. We did, I, I sent a newsletter in which websites are people using, and I yeah. collated yeah. a a list of walking and cycling routes. Um, which yes. I know I, I I think I I amended some cycling routes just recently. I mentioned in another newsletter. So if you are looking for websites to download GPX files from, you just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and in the little search icon at the top, there's a little search icon. Just put in GPX files, uh, and you'll find that article um, there. I may put it in the show notes as well if I remember. And and again, yeah. it's very much a working document. So if there's something on there that is you've found is useful that's not in there drop me an email and we'll just keep that updated um and again it's there's nothing better than you guys who are exploring the web and using it you know, telling us which what you're liking and what you're using yeah absolutely so. one thing we didn't mention john was about when we were talking about these long distance walks for garmin gps's um we've got in the online resource we show you you've done videos uh for uh windows and for mac users um how to break the walk down uh how to break a long distance walk down and make it manageable in the gps um and that's in the gpx library section of the online re resource so just so that um you know people are aware that we d have done videos for for that yeah so if you log into the online resource go to course at the top and right down the bottom is a gpx library which ian put together of gpx files of long distance routes both national trails and other long distance routes as well and at the top of that there's a couple of videos just showing you how you can import those into your gps device yeah. and i did the one of showing you when you can edit it down uh, for both pc and a mac users <laughs> And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's any subjects that you would like us to cover in future podcasts, just get in touch or ask us something. You know, again, send us an email, put something in a note section saying, is there any chance you could cover this in a podcast? And uh, we will cover it. We're all always open for ideas, Ian, aren't we, of uh, other we subjects we that we could, uh, we could cover in there. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new outdoor GPS unit. And please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS training courses. 
Please do tell your friend about the GPS Training Podcast and encourage them to subscribe on whatever platform they're listening to. And if you can, leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us and leave us a snazzy review. That is always appreciated. So, Ian, many thanks for joining me on yet another GPS Training Podcast. You're welcome, Tom. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the anticipation of the next podcast. Um, which, and also, as I say, it's, I'm, I'm going to show you. So when I um, get myself ready for courses, I have little these little sort of like post-it notes with people's names, what they've got, what units, what laptops they're, or Macs they're bringing or not bringing. And I haven't ridden one of these for a year and a, you know, yeah. a year and a quarter, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with, uh, so yeah, it's just getting my head around all the things that people are going to be, we're going to be doing in Do the know, month of May. We've mentioned this in the podcast, but I absolutely love, I love delivering courses. I'm really looking forward to getting out with people who have made the investments in time and money to learn how to use their GPS units. And I say this to lots of people on their phones, you know what, when you come on a course, you're gonna get 110% of our time and you will not leave there until you know how to use your GPS unit. And, and again, if people are willing to book onto the courses, give the commitment to do it, um, we're there to do it. And at the moment, with numbers being small, as Ian was just saying, five plus the trainer, um, what better opportunity? I know a lot of those courses are booked up. You will ne- never get such small groups um, than what we will have over the coming months. Um, and 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 just normally with five on a course, ooh, it's hardly worth us doing. But it it it, it will be. Uh, it will be. I'm looking forward to getting out in. I hope you are too. Yeah, and I think John, the other thing is, is that we have we have mentioned people who come on courses hardly after the courses ever contact us again with with queries. Because why? So, they know how to use their GPS unit. In. <laughs> we must be doing something right yeah. somewhere. <laughs> we must have, you know, must, mustn't we? I think so. Yeah. And again, I, I always say people are willing to invest and come on the course. Yes. Nice weekend, like-minded yeah. people together. They they are willing to put the investments into it and they get scripts with their GPS unit. And we, as Ian says, we very rarely hear from them because actually they know how to use their GPS unit. So we thank yes. you for supporting us and be hopeful that what we give you is is what you're looking for so on that little bit of amble at the end thank you Ian for joining me and uh, we look you're forward welcome, to the special mid-month one of Ask Ian we do <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much Ian and we look forward to speaking again in a couple of weeks time right you take care thanks for listening to the GPS training podcast the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation